Turn with me please to 1 Timothy the 6th chapter. And let's continue in our series we began some weeks ago about fighting the good fight of faith. Anybody interested in this? Fighting the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Says what? Fight the good fight of faith. Say that out loud, all of us together. Fight the good fight of faith. Another time, fight the good fight of faith. Are you going to have to do some fighting? Yeah. I've had people look at me with tears and go, well, Brother Keith, I'm, I'm just not a fighter. <laughs> if you want to survive, you need to be a fighter. You want to overcome. But what kind of fight is it? It's a good fight. And what kind of fight? It's a faith fight. It's not a fist fight. It's a faith fight. You fight with your faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. Next verse. I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. So confession is a part of fighting the good faith fight. Now we went into some detail last time about what this fight is and how it's waged. Go to 2 Corinthians please. Let's review that part of it. 2 Corinthians the 10th chapter, there is a spiritual war going on. But there's some confusion about what it is and how it's waged. And a lot of people have a lot of ideas about spiritual warfare. But how many think for something to be scriptural and right, you need scripture for it? And ever how you believe you're waging spiritual warfare, where are the scriptures of and examples of other people who did it that way? Are y'all with me? And if you got no scriptures at all, no examples of people doing it that way, should that be the main thing you herald all the time? And should you reconsider? Millions of people on the planet spend all kind of time and millions of dollars gathering together in religious gatherings praying crying and I'm not just talking about Christian I'm talking about all kind of so called faiths actually according to the Bible there's only one faith but they cry they scream they pray they bleed they go through all these rituals And how many would acknowledge that many of these are absolutely useless? And yet millions of people are spending big parts of their life and big parts of their money and resources doing it. I mean, we're not talking about millions. We're talking about billions of people. And they get up and... They travel great distances and they spend the money and they go through the motions and the rituals and they pray. 
do all the things and it's for absolutely nothing because they're praying to nothing and their prayers will amount to nothing and what they're doing is absolutely vain and useless. Billions of people doing absolutely useless stuff. Now, the other truth is that a lot of Christians are doing things that are useless. Maybe they believe in God. Maybe they believe in Jesus. Maybe they're born again, genuinely. And I'm not saying everything they're doing is in vain. But you can do stuff just because somebody started it and somebody came up with it. And you can go through all kind of motions and you can sweat and yell and scream. and even You can call it prayer. But that doesn't make it prayer. And, and I've been believing for some years now. And, and if you've been around, you've heard me. And I want you to continue, please. The Lord's answering our prayer. I'm believing for the Lord to show us what's him and what's not him. And get delivered from all tradition that's not him. Are you, are you believing that with me? For those of you that haven't been with us, pray it right now. Father God, I ask you. Show me. Reveal to me. What you and what is not you. Amen. I know this is a simple prayer, but it'll change your life. It will change. I don't care if you've done it all your life and mama did it and daddy did it and grandpa and great grandpa. It could have been wrong when they started it five generations ago. Life is too short to do a bunch of useless stuff. And it's frustrating when you do stuff that God never told us to do and you get no results. I said that's frustrating. And that's one of the conclusions a lot of people have come to. Well, this is just a bunch of junk. This is not real. And they decide God's not real. He is real. I said he is real. And when you do what he told you to do, it works. Every time. For everybody. But there's all kind of stuff people do. In fact, Jesus told the most religious people of his day. He said, you have made the word of God of no effect because of your traditions. People had chosen their traditions over the word of God. And this is not an ancient thing. This is a present day thing. I had a lady come up one time after I spoke. She was hot under the collar, you could tell. And she said, well, I just don't agree with that. And and I, I said, which verse? She said, well, I... I know all that's in there. She said, but it's just like the song says. I said, what? She said, you know, the old song. It's just like the song. How many understand? That's not a scripture. You really have to watch. I don't care if it came out of a hymnal. That don't mean it was inspired. Hymnals are not Bibles. Or somebody's commentary. You know, some church father's commentary. You need to ask yourself all the time, is it true? And how do I know it's true? And what else is true? Did you hear those three questions? I mean, every day of your life, 
including what you're hearing right now, everything you hear, everything you see, you need to challenge it. Is it true? I don't care if a billion people believe it. That don't make it true. Say it out loud. Is it true? What's the next one? How do I know it's true? Can you answer that one for me? Jesus said, thy word is truth. Hallelujah. The way you know it's truth or a lie is in the light of the truth. The light exposes whether it's right or not. Hmm? Go with me to Ephesians and we'll just talk about that right now. This is so big. I mean, we're talking about God and light and truth. How many think that's a big subject? It's a very big subject. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter and the eighth verse, I'm reading the NIV. He said, you were once darkness. Is that true? You were darkness. You were children We were children of the dark before we got enlightened. But now you are what? Light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Are you a child of the light? Yeah. Keep reading. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. He said, find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. How can you expose them? It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Why do they do all the stuff they do and perverted stuff they do? Darkness. They're living in darkness. They're believing lies. But, verse 13 Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. Light makes it, you know, able to be seen. If it's dark enough, you can't see it. I know years ago, Phyllis and I were in a place and we had a couple of days off and there were some lakes around there and I thought, well, we'll we'll rent a boat this afternoon. And go out on the lake. And I went to this little place where we was supposed to be able to rent it. And uh, we'd never been there before. This is out away from our home area. And uh, the guy met me. He said, well, come on through here. And it was, a, it was a nightclub. It was a daytime. Nobody was there. And the office was around the side of it. You had to go through. So I followed him. I thought, and I said, well, there's nobody here. So I followed him on through. And as I looked around... That place was filthy. It was absolutely filthy. And I looked on the outside of it, and it looked very presentable. And and, and you could tell, this is a hot spot around here. People come clubbing here. And I thought, well, but why would people come to such a nasty place? And I looked around and realized, they don't know how nasty it is. I looked at the lighting in there, and I thought, It's dark in here. And they have no idea how nasty this place is. 
they're seeing the black lights and the strobe lights and it's that's the way the whole world is the whole world is lying in darkness under the power of the evil one first john says and people don't realize the muck and the filth that they're in because everybody else is in the same filth and it just seems normal you can get used to some pretty bad stuff. Oh, but the light. You turn the light on. If they'd just come in there with all those people. And when the, when the place was full. And if they just brought the lights up super bright. Everybody go. Ew. Oh. Ew. God wants to help us. He wants to bring the light up. Not to make us feel bad, not to condemn us, but to help us get out of the filth. Get out of the junk. Right? Get out. You don't need to be there. You don't need to stay in that. But unless you're enlightened and empowered and the truth makes you free, you'll sit in the darkness and in the death. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the light. He said, whatever... Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. The light makes everything visible. That's why it said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to Luke 15. Luke 15. This is the story of the, uh, what we call the prodigal son. And you know how that Uh, the younger son came to his daddy and said, uh, Daddy, I'm in your will, right? I mean, I inherit. He said, yeah, yeah. Half of all this is yours. He said, well, how about I just get mine now? Not have to wait for you to die. I'm just getting mine now. Now, a lot of people would have thought the appropriate thing was for him to say, boy, don't you bring this up again. You go, but no, and this is a type of the father. He divided unto them the inheritance. I guess he transferred it into his accounts the next day. God's not opposed to us having the fullness of provision. But you can abuse it. You can do the wrong thing with it. You can blow it. You can waste it. You can use it for his kingdom. Or you can use it for partying. And he went to party route. Didn't he? He checked his accounts and he thought, I'm loaded. And I'm blowing this popsicle stand. I'm out of here. And he left. And he partied. I mean, he hit all the spots. And he had the money. And when you got the money, you'll have the buddies. But it didn't last forever. And the money ran out. And the buddies left. They wasn't really your buddies anyway. And uh, times got hard. Same time his money ran out, there were economic problems in the area. And he tried to get a job and couldn't get one. Only thing he could get was feeding a man's pigs. Which for a Jewish boy, it's pretty low. And so he uh, he's standing out there. Feeding the man's pigs, slopping the hogs. And 
he thinks that's a pretty good piece of cornbread in that trough. That's those husks. That's, that's a good piece of corn. He's hungry. He's a low spot. How many know sin will bring you low? Yes. Running away from the father, running away from the things of God and the plan of God. Oh, you might ride high for a little while, but there's coming a point where you're going to bottom out that's right. and you're going to hit hard. Absolutely. And, uh, verse 16, Luke 15, 16, he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat and no man gave to him. Where's all his party buddies? Not a one. You know, a lot of people get hurt when their friends are not there when they need them. And the reason they get hurt is because they believe something that wasn't true. A lot of times in those cases, they never were your friends. You're the one who were assuming things and believing wrong. But if you'll follow God's plan for your life, he'll give you real friends. Friends that stick closer than a brother. You believe that? But worldly friends, ungodly friends, people that are not saved, don't have the love of God in their heart, they're going to be selfish. And if you're surprised when they are, you just were foolish. You were thinking things that weren't true. Nobody gave him anything. And verse 17, is everybody with me? Verse 17, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? Keep going. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Is this where this young man's life turned around? It's such a perfect picture of repentance. Repentance means to turn, do a 180, turn from something to something else, leave something and go to something else. It means change. Did he have a big change right here? His whole life was saved. When, notice what happened, verse 17, what happened? Read the first phrase. He came to himself. Well, uh, where was he before he came to himself? <laughs> where was he? He wasn't at himself. Hmm? Did he realize he wasn't at himself for all those months? He was partying and blowing money and doing all the stuff. No. No, he thought he was the man. He thought he was on top of it. He was... He had it together. He had what everybody wished they had and could do. But he wasn't at himself. He was deceived. He was in darkness. And he was in filth. And he didn't realize where he was and what he was doing. Oh, but he woke up. I said he woke up at the pig trough. Didn't he? He woke up at the pig trough. He came to himself. Why? Because God gave him repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Go with me to Timothy and look at that. We've, we've looked at that before. But look at it again, please. What is this warfare over? How is it waged? 
Second Timothy and the second chapter. Second Timothy 2, verse 24. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. Are there people who are their own worst enemy? They are opposing themselves. They are destroying their own life. Why would you do that? Deceived. In darkness. If God, he, he said, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure would give them what? Repentance to what? See, what will the truth do for you? Come on, help me out. What will the truth? The truth will make you free. This young man, by the grace and mercy of God, as he stood there at the pig pen, broke away from his folks. Nobody cares for him. He's got no friends. He's got no place, no wealth, no ability. He's lost everything, you might say. And he realized, this is crazy. What am I doing? This is stupid. I mean, the people that work for my daddy... They sleep good. They eat good. They dress good. And here I am doing this. I'm not doing this. Amen. Come on. Did God give you repentance? Yes. To acknowledge what is the truth? I have blown it. Yes. That's the truth. I've been a fool. Amen. I believed lies. I chased after stuff that was not good and not right and not worth anything. The devil took me for a ride and I let him. Amen. Come on. He deceived me. But I'm acknowledging the truth. This is not the way to live. This is not how to be. I'm going back to Father's house. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know he doesn't. I'm going to tell him, you don't owe me anything. And I know I'm your boy. But after all I've done, do you have a job? Amen. Come on. I'd rather feed your sheep than them sinners pigs over there. Amen. At least I get paid good, right? I'm... But what happened when he got to the house? Anybody remember what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? The father saw him coming a long ways off and he ran. The father ran. The father ran out to meet him, grabbed him up, hugged him, pig stinking all. Didn't he? And he goes into his little speech. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And the father wouldn't let him finish. He said, go get the robe. Go get the ring. Kill the fatted calf. This is my son. He was dead and he's alive again. He's gone and we got him back. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Amen. See, this is a picture of the spiritual warfare. He was in father's house. He was in the perfect place. He was in the plan of God. He had full provision. He had a bright future. And he believed lies. And he chased the world's dream. And it stripped him. And it destroyed him. And brought him to nothing. But even though he was taken captive. See he was a casualty. In the spiritual conflict. Wasn't he? Did he have to do all that stuff? No. He could have stayed in father's house. Lived in the light. Stayed free, couldn't he? But just because he was a casualty, 
and was in captivity and darkness didn't mean he had to stay there forever. Oh, thank God for the mercy of God. He came to himself. He came to his senses. He woke up. He got light and was willing to repent and acknowledge the truth. And when he came back, oh man, the father put the big ring on his hand and the expensive suit on him and fixed the big meal. Is that right? And there was dancing, hallelujah, and music, celebration. Can you say amen? You know, the Bible said they heard the dancing. Not just the music. When you hear dancing, that must have been clogging or something. That's some serious stuff, isn't it? You know, God's not the stage stick in the mud some people think he is. We're about to find out how to party. He's going to show us how to party. You don't have to sin to have fun. Do you? You don't have to do things that are wrong. You don't have to do things that's hurtful to other people to have fun. Jesus is the life of the real party. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Now, go with me to where we started to go. Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Everybody say, he came to himself. Is that what needs to happen to billions of people on this planet today? They need to come to themselves. In 2 Corinthians 10, we see again how this warfare is waged. Don't get caught up with a lot of other things and call it spiritual warfare. Stay with what the Bible describes. 2 Corinthians 10 He said, verse 3, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. It's not a fist fight. It's a faith fight. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to doing what? Now, people have seized on this, and the only thing they think about is in their mind strongholds in the heavenlies. And we've got to pull down the stronghold. But the very next verse says what? Casting down imaginations. What kind of stronghold is he talking about in this passage? Strongholds in the mind. Well, Ephesians talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of what? Of what? What are they ruling Over the world with and in darkness. Darkness. And against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so people have talked about, you know, there are wicked spirits in the earth and above, in over high places that are influencing whole groups of people, governments, cities, nations, and we need to pull them down. Yes and no. They're there. It's true. But how do you, how would you decide to pull them down? No, casting down strongholds had to do with imaginations. And what did Jesus do? How did he deal with them? Did he cast down 
all the wicked spirits over every place that he went to. You don't have any record of that. Why wouldn't he just cast them all into the pit so we don't have to deal with them when we got here? Now, here's the thing we got to understand. If people want to believe lies, they can believe lies. And we don't have the authority and power to remove the influence over them if they want that influence over them. Now that's going to change eventually. And there will be times when the the Lord will deal with us by the authority he's given us to command this, you know, to stop, to bind this up, to shut this down, and to believe God for light to come to the people. Because how are they going to get free? Not just because we bound something up. Are they going to get free? What's going to make them free? The, the truth, which is the light of life, who is Jesus. He is the truth. He is the way, the life. Believing him. But even though we, God could use us to help them to come against what's confusing them and blinding them and to get light to them is still their choice. And if they say, no, I don't want that. I don't want the gospel. I don't want Jesus. I don't want all that. I want to believe these lies. We cannot remove those influences from them and they want them. I don't have to have them in my house. I don't have, they don't have to, they don't have to rule over our church or your place of business. Come on, you understand what I'm saying? But we can't just fix it for everybody in the world that wants to believe it that way. And as long as they want to believe it that way, those spirits are going to stay in control. Satan is still the God of this world. And so many Christians talk about God's in control. God's in control. God's in control of everything. No, he's not. If he's in control of everything, how is Satan the God of this world? No. God's controlling everything. You're telling me God is controlling everything that's happening on this planet. He is responsible for all of the death and the destruction and the drought and the famine and the killing and the murder and, huh? If God's controlling all this, He's got it in one big mess. It's not true. I know it's religious. It's tradition. People like the sound of it. They believed it for hundreds of years, but it's just not true. You know where God's in control? In heaven. And you know what the crime rate is there? Zero. Zero. You know how much, how many tornadoes and hurricanes they have? None. None. And he said, pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means it's not being done or you wouldn't need to pray that it would be done. Oh, but have you read the back of the book? Have you read the back of the book? There's coming a time, hallelujah, when the Lord's going to fix this thing and it's going to be on earth like it is in heaven. And he really is going to be in control of everything. And it's going to be wonderful. 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 
But we can't just blame it on the devil. We can't just blame it on the devil. How is he able to hold whole cities and whole countries in darkness? Because you've got millions of people who want it that way. That's what they want to believe. That's how they want to live. That's what they want to do. They say, leave me alone. I like my darkness and my nastiness. This is where I want to stay. And you and I cannot just deliver them with our authority because we want to. But we don't quit. If they reject it 20 times, you know what we do? We get ready to launch another offensive. We bind up the things that are blinding them and influencing them. And then we bring the light to them. Hallelujah. We pray that the Lord would open the eyes of their heart and understanding. Is that right? And send labors across their path. And we launch the gospel to them. Hallelujah. And maybe this time they will come to themselves. And they will wake up. And let the light shine in their hearts. And come out of this awful darkness but the way it happens is when they decide to cast down the imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ listen friends we've said it again but the threat of deception is ever present and it is one of the most serious things you and I face every day of our life The enemy of our soul is trying to deceive us every day of our life. And the way he would defeat you, the way he would take you captive is by deceiving you, getting you to believe lies and turn loose of truth and turn loose of your faith and believe this. That's why I said every day, everything that comes to you, ask yourself these questions. Is it true is it true what else how do I know it's true oh we've just always believed that that's not good enough how do you know it's true how can you know for sure it's true hallelujah the infallible word that cannot fail thy word is truth and then not only that what else is true Sometimes people get fixated on something and don't see the rest of it. The Bible says rightly divide the word of truth. There are other truths sometimes you need to consider instead of just getting fixated on that. Go to John 1. I got just a couple of more verses that you need to shout about with me. We'll be set up for next time, I think. John 1. John 1. In the beginning, 1-1, was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Say it out loud. The life life is the light light of of men. He said, and the light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not or perceived it not 
or overtook it not. How many believe light is far greater than darkness? You never walked into a dark room, flipped on the light switch, and darkness rolled back about halfway, and then darkness and light fought until one of them won. You've never done that. You never will. Why? Darkness can only prevail in the absence of light. Light is so much more greater than darkness. He said, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of what? Of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. You don't know what's truth. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's real apart from Jesus. Apart from him, it's dark. Deception, confusion. How do you know something's true or not true? Something's real or not real? You measure it by the real. By the light. Which is why you need to read your chapter every day. And you need to hear good rightly divided preaching and teaching. And you need to be fed. So you got some truth to measure things by. And then when something is preached to you or you hear something or somebody's saying something in the news or something from this or something from that, you how do you know it's true? You compare it with known truth. And if it don't line up with that, you cast it down. You say, that's not right. That's not real. And if you have the light, the devil can't deceive you. He can't trick you. How did he attack Jesus? He came and he tempted him and he lied to him. He tried to deceive him and mislead him. What did Jesus do? How did Jesus fight? Huh? What do you do with it? Is this true? Should I do this? Should I command these stones to be made bread? Should I do it? You got to know truth. What's the truth? How do I know it's truth? And then after that, he he resisted that. No, no, he's not going to do that. He's staying in the truth. He's staying in the light. So the devil starts quoting scripture. Didn't he? It's written, he said. That's when you need to know, not only know, is it true? How do I know it's true? What else is true? Can you see it here? He said, no, no. Yeah, that's a scripture and that's right. But it's also written. Can you see that? What else is true? Rightly divide the word of truth. Is this a perfect example of a spiritual fight? Of a faith fight? Of spiritual warfare? Doesn't get any clearer. Doesn't get any better. And because he wouldn't yield to the lies and deception. And because he knew the truth. And stayed in the truth. And stayed in his faith. The devil could not overcome him. Got to the point where the Bible said he had to leave him for a season. He ran out of stuff. He had to go think about this. <laughs> go to the seventh chapter, please, of John. I said seven. I should have said eight. John eight twelve. John eight twelve. Jesus spoke and said, I am the what? Light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. What if you don't follow him? You are in darkness. And in the dark, you don't know what you're hitting, what you're stumbling over. You know how you can tell people are in darkness? 
Because they're always asking why. Why this and why not this and, and how come and, and I just don't understand. What, what's that revealing to you? They're in the dark. This happened. I don't know why, why this happened. Why didn't this happen? And, and how come this and how come that? Living in the dark. Not knowing. And you know people go to school and they get multiple degrees. That don't mean you're not in the dark. You can just be highly educated in darkness. They should say <laughs> degree of darkness. I have a degree in darkness. And something, not all knowledge is good. Knowledge of evil, you're much better never finding out about. You want to be simple concerning evil. But people think they're so wise. Thinking, why am I here? Posing the big questions in humanity. How did we get here? You ever heard of Genesis? <laughs> no, see, they're too smart for that. They're, they're, yeah, they're too, too intelligent. And the truth is, tell me the truth. They are as blind as can be. Totally immersed in darkness. Living like there's no spirit, there's no God, there's no heaven, no hell, no judgment, no eternity. That's living in a dream world. Amen. That's acting like this is real and this is all there is. And it's a lie. Amen. It's not true. Who is the light? Jesus. And how are you ever going to find out what is and what's going on and what's real? You come to the light. And if you're smart, how many understand if you get dropped off in the middle of the Amazon jungle at midnight and there's one guy who has the light, the spotlight, what should you do? Come on, help me out. What? He's been there before. He knows the path and he successfully navigated the path. What should you do? What should you do? Come on, Kim. You should say, man, if you stop suddenly, my nose is going to be planted right in the back of your head because what if you say, man, this is, this is rough. These bushes keep slapping me in the face. That's a clear path over here. I'm just going to go over there. He goes, no, no, don't go that way. No, 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 you know, I'm, I have brains too. And I can see plainly, this is a much easier, broader, bigger path. Yeah, what you don't know is that's where the jaguars live. And they've been looking for a little tasty snack like you. And as soon as you get away from the light, what's going to happen? I mean, you don't, you don't have to go 50 feet. What happens? It gets dark. And on a moonless night in the Amazon jungle... And you start seeing eyes. Huh? There's eyes in the water. There's eyes and you start hearing sounds. And you start feeling movements. Are you in trouble? Are you in trouble? What should you have done? Stay with the one who's got the light. Stay with him. You'll come out. Stay with the light. You'll be all right. Go on your own. You're done. 
What did he say? I am the light of the world. Come on, somebody say, I'm staying with Jesus. I'm the light of the world, he said. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In this light, there's life. In darkness, there's death. Go with me to the 12th chapter. I think this is it. 12th chapter, verse 35. Then Jesus said to them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. You know, if we sealed off everything in here, covered those doors, turned off all the lights, and you've never been in here, we turn you loose in the middle here, one of these rows, and it's pitch dark. It could be a bit of an ordeal to get to the door, get out. You might bump several seats. You might walk into one of these poles. Is all right? One of these camera stands. Can't see a thing. It could take you a while. And then if you got turned around, it's possible you could go in circles and stay in here for a while. You don't know what you're tripping over. You don't know what you just hit. It's bad to be in the dark. Oh, but when the light comes on, all you got to do is turn the lights up and you just stand up and go, there. That's the door right there. Here I go. And in seconds, you are out. Can you see what's happening to people in the world? They're just going in circles, you know, doing the same self-destructive things, aren't they? You know, the lying, the stealing, being unfaithful, the uh, hurting themselves in their in their business or on their job, the, the deception. They're doing things thinking it'll help them to hold on to it, but those are the very things that'll cause them to be destroyed or are fired or, or or lose their spouse. Or, The deception and lies. You can't live in deception and lies perpetually. Lies are inconsistent. They're going to bite you. It's going to come out. No, it'll it'll never come out. Well, if you don't get it under the blood and get it right, if it don't come out now, it can come out past this life. No. There's only one way to walk and not have to look over your shoulder all the time. There's only one way to walk. How many know you're not free Wondering when the other shoe is going to drop all the time. Wondering when it's going to come out. When they're going to find out about it. That's not freedom. That chews you up. That hurts you. There is forgiveness. There's cleansing. Hallelujah. Come to the light. Let it shine on you. If you've messed up, it is what it is. Acknowledge it. How many know God already knows? You're not hiding it from Him. He already knows. Come clean and get clean and come into the light. And what will happen? The truth will make you free. 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 Keep reading. While you have the light, believe in the light. Verse 35. While you have the light, lest the darkness come upon you. He that walks in darkness knows not where he goes. While you have the light... Believe in the light that you may be the children of light. That's the second time we've seen it. He mentioned it in Ephesians. We're not the children of darkness. 
We're not the children of deception and lies and living in fairy tales. We are the children of the light. We're living in divine reality. Hallelujah. Aware of what is really going on. God really does exist. Hallelujah. He really made us. Jesus really is the Redeemer and the Savior. We really are on a path and an assignment for Him. This whole thing's about to be over. Heaven is real. Eternity is real. This is not a fairy tale. This is the light. This is reality. And it's freedom. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and give thanks to the one who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands and focus on him for a moment here. Oh, Lord, I worship you. Oh, Lord, I give glory to you. Oh, Lord, I praise you. I magnify you. I bless you. I give you glory. I honor your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell the Lord, say, I love the truth. I love your word. I love Jesus. I love the light. I'm a child of the light. And I live in the light. And I walk in the light. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.